1: I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. And I'm sure all of you enjoyed watching the game today. The Minnesota Vikings opened the season with a 34-6 trouncing of the St. Louis Rams, the uh, team that looked pretty tough last year about midway before Sam Bradford's injury and then things kind of derailed from there and uh, the derailing has continued pretty much ever since, unfortunately for the St. Louis Rams and their fan base gotta like this start for Mike Zimmer what did I say? what did I say the whole show? well, Mike Zimmer's defense will uh, they're going to be talking about how Mike Zimmer's defense is going to really shine strong in this game it's going to be a factor, and they said it basically (laughs) Mike Zimmer basically has put his stamp on this game. Mike Zimmer's defense, his defensive schemes, there it is. I mean, it's just all over. All over the whole, all over this whole game. The Minnesota Vikings off to a very, very strong start to the season. But let's uh, let's hold back on that Super Bowl parade just, just yet. The uh, St. Louis Rams, pretty undermanned out there. Uh, the first half was pretty sloppy for both teams and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden an interception by Josh Robinson kind of gets things going in the right direction. We're about to jump into that. It will be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun (laughs) talking about this game for the most part. The first half really wasn't a lot of fun, though. It was one penalty after another. It got kind of ridiculous, actually. I mean, how how many penalties do you need before it's just like, why don't you guys just get your ass in gear out here? But then the St. Louis Rams started committing penalties, and the Vikings started to kind of come together. They started to kind of remember, like, hey, you know, we should be able to play a little bit in this league. Maybe we're not the best team or anything. But maybe we could be a 9-7 team. Maybe. Maybe we could sneak into the playoffs. Maybe. Who knows? Some of uh, hosts locally not quite as optimistic. Others are too optimistic. A lot of the people, a lot of the fans out there may be a little bit too optimistic and I'm certainly not negative on this team. Uh, I didn't expect the Vikings to go out there and annihilate the Rams. I picked 17 to 10. I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to stay boring, but the Vikings maybe they'd get something like a Josh Robinson type of interception, something like that. Maybe not everything else that came with it. <laughs> maybe Adrian Peterson would run in a goal line smash or something to put the Vikings ahead or to put the Rams on ice, whatever you want to call it. But the Vikings' defense absolutely shut down the St. Louis Rams. And as I said on the show that uh, last week, that the Rams would only score ten points—only score ten points—they didn't even do that. They didn't even do that. So I'm feeling good about that prediction. Uh, didn't think the uh, didn't think things would go quite as well as they did. But the Rams, uh, boy, very very undermanned. Not not the best test in the world for the Minnesota Vikings to see just how good this team is. And we're not going to really, truly know how good this team is until the next two, three weeks here. Yeah, you have the Patriots and the Saints coming up. Anything can happen there. If the Vikings start the season 3-0, well, yeah, then we can start talking postseason, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> three wins is only three wins, though. You do have to remember that, because how many teams out there have been really good and still missed the playoffs? I mean, we've seen 8-2 and two teams finish 8-8, eight and eight, so you just never know. Yet at the same time, the positivity, the momentum, the reason for optimism and excitement will be there. Even though the Patriots didn't play particularly well today. No, they didn't, but then again, that could actually hurt the Vikings' chances next week. And we'll get through that in segment number two, won't we? Yes, the New England Patriots. Oh, goody. That's going to be a very interesting situation going into that one. Adrian Peterson, oh boy, you're going to score in the first, this guy will say anything he doesn't, you know, he went from a guy who used to hardly say anything at all, to a guy that will say anything, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, first carry of the season, I'm going to score a touchdown, well, I don't know, I mean, it's not like, it's not like it bugs me, but at the same time, it's just like, why would you say that, what's, what's the point? You know, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's just kind of goofy. He's kind of reminded me of Tory Hunter a little bit <laughs> with the Minnesota Twins years ago. Like, no matter what it was, he'd be like, yeah, yeah. Like, say, if the, uh, you know, the show host Dan Barrero or whoever would say, so are you going to guarantee a division championship this year? You know, even though you're down by, like, seven games to the Cleveland Indians way back in the day. He's like, I'm guaranteeing it. Yeah, we're going to come back and win the division. So, Adrian Peterson, you're going to score a touchdown on your first... Uh, carry of the season. He's like, yeah. (laughs) All right, Adrian. All right. But, uh, he, he, he got six yards. Yeah, six yards. Okay. It's not that bad. Six yards is still better than four yards or even five, but, uh, yeah, six yards. Um, yeah, not quite touchdown unless it was like, unless he got a goal line smash on his first play of the season. That would have been cool. Then then he could have lived up to his, uh, expectations, his own personal expectations on the first carry, but ah, whatever. What's what's wrong with being confident or just having a little fun? Cordero Patterson, gosh, his third run of the year ended up being a (laughs) what was it, a 67 yarder? I mean, my goodness, my goodness, how many tackles could he break? That's what was so impressive about it. Cordero Patterson can do just about anything. He can return kicks, he can be an explosive receiver, and he can run on those reverses. I mean, it's unbelievable. This guy's a, this guy's a son of a gun, man. Cordell Patterson led the Vikings in rushing. Cordell Patterson led the Vikings in rushing. <laughs> awesome. Just a, it, it went from a really boring, crappy game to like, well, if you're a St. Louis Rams fan, yeah, it was the kind of game you would turn off. You'd turn it off. It was kind of like the Minnesota Vikings last year against, uh, dare I say, a Seattle Seahawks. That game was so bad. The Vikings had a lot of crappy games last year. A lot. And this was uh, a lot like those for the St. Louis Rams this, this time around. This could be a nice season for the Minnesota Vikings. It could go on to that. Because like you always say, the early season indicator, or you know, the season opener, it is an indicator in a way to what type of season it could be. It could be. When you step out of the gate and you get your your ass kicked or you blow a big lead, you're probably not going to have a very good season. You play a team that's undermanned and you stomp them to kingdom come. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to go on a Super Bowl run or even make the postseason. But it does. But but you know what? When you have a. (laughs) What's the old saying that they that what's the old saying in the sports world? You kill a mosquito with an axe. You just smash him. You crush him. This team's inferior, so crush them. You don't play to the... <laughs> you don't play at a nail-biter with one of the worst teams in the league, like the Jacksonville Jaguars, at home in the Metrodome in 2012. The But the Vikings opened that season with a victory, and guess what? Despite the fact we had a horrendous quarterback as a starter who played probably, well, that was his best season, you know, when you put everything together when he started to play better at the end of the year, and he was okay the first couple games that year, the Vikings made the playoffs. The Vikings' record after winning a season opener is actually not too bad, is it? A lot better than the Vikings' record after losing the season opener. It's just on just on memory in the top of my head, well, the Vikings creamed the uh, Cleveland Browns in 19... Uh, 19, excuse me, yeah, whatever, 19, my you-know-what. <laughs> 2009, they they crushed the Cleveland Rounds on the road and went on to have a 12-4 and season. The Browns were not a good team either. Not really comparing the teams here, I know, I understand, but just saying, 2010, the Vikings lost to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Crappy, you know, it wasn't a very fun game either, and that was a crappy season. 2011, the Vikings blew a lead against the San Diego Chargers guess what yeah that's right they lost they had a lousy season and I mean beyond lousy that year 2012 the Vikings beat the Jaguars yeah it was close and and uh, what was his name Blaine Gabbard like over it just was terrible and kind of threw through that game away at the, at the end just horrible passes terrible player but uh, at the end of the day yeah the Vikings won that game and had a solid season. Didn't have a great season, but a solid one. We had no idea Adrian Peterson was going to have a great win, but the opening game of the season is a momentum setter. And yes, some teams have started really bad, and then got much better later in the year, and it does happen. (laughs) Things can change, but it's a nice momentum setter, at very least, for the remainder of the year. Now, I picked the Vikings to win this game anyway, and so did a lot of other people, but you come out of the gate and lose to this St. Louis Rams team, do you really think the Vikings are going to have any type of season at all? I mean, we're talking 3-13 and 13 again. We're talking number one pick. But you go out and beat the Rams. So, rock and roll there. <laughs> uh, St. Louis Rams, nothing really on offense that would tell you that they should have scored double-digit points in this game. I was being generous giving them 10 points. Sean Hill was injured. Mildly injured, just hurt, hurt, you know, hurt enough that might as well just not put him back in. He he, he wasn't he wasn't that bad, but he wasn't knocking anyone's socks off. And neither was Davis, the backup slash third string quarterback of the St. Louis Rams. Nobody on offense really was that special. Uh, Quick led the team in receptions, 99 yards, seven catches, but overall nothing from the Rams today that would tell you they were any type of threat. No, they just as easily could have had nine points, but if they had a missed field goal along the way. Uh, Blair Walsh made all of his field goals, including a 52-yarder and a 46-yarder. 40, uh, and then Zierlein, if I'm saying his name correctly, if I remember correctly, makes a 56-yarder after missing one much earlier in the game, which would have given the Rams a uh, a tie, I believe. And he, But go figure, him, he makes a 56-yarder. <laughs> well, all right then. At that point, it was 13-3, to and that was the, one the Rams' first score in the entire game. As airline gets a 46-yarder away at the end of the game, just a semi-save face. Uh, not really much resistance from this Rams offense, and their defense wasn't so hot either later on, with penalty after penalty after penalty, and the Rams offense was ho- horrible. I mean, we're talking multiple pass interference penalties on their offense. Just a complete lack of discipline. Sloppy. Dumb. And and young, to be fair, <laughs> it does help though when you have a pass rush, when you have guys all over the field for the Minnesota Vikings. That defensive line, oh my, Whew. Linval Joseph, man, this guy, this guy is something, man. He, is, wow. <laughs> there are a lot of players that could win the Fran Tarkenton Award this week which is a hint to where I'm headed. <laughs> yes, it's 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 a hint. There's definitely only one guy that'll win the Tavares Jackson, which will be called the Christian Ponder Award because as bad as Tavares Jackson was for where he was selected and all that good stuff and how frustrating it was to watch, I think Ponder's worse. <laughs> I think Ponder's worse, so I think he's going to I'm thinking we're going to change that award to the Christian Ponder Award, the Christian Ponder Memorial, whatever you want to call it when you have the, your worst or most disappointing player of the week. And I, 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 I know who that's going to be. Only one guy really stood out today that was annoying, frustrating. We'll get to that in a second. Wink, wink. Greg Jennings, very solid. Scoring a touchdown after Josh Robinson, of all people, in the right position. Because now I'm kind of switching things over to that now. I was ranting on and on about the Rams there. Not ranting, but whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. Let's talk about the Vikings. Uh, We're going to talk about the Vikings defense for the time being here. Um, Like I was trying to hint towards for the longest time. Yeah, Linval Joseph, wow. Wow, I mean, getting in the backfield, tackles for loss, stopping the run. Oh, and by the way, gets a sack. It just blows right through that Rams offensive line. Sharif Floyd all day was rushing the quarterback and was making tackles for loss in the backfield on Zach Stacy and such. Wow. <laughs> wow, Sharif Floyd last year? You barely knew he existed. But he was everywhere tonight. Today, almost said tonight. Everywhere. Sharif Floyd and Linval Joseph. Man, oh man, oh man. It's like the Williams Wall is back. You got Kevin Williams and Sharif Floyd and... and uh, Pat Williams and Linval Joseph. My goodness. Very, very cool. Very exciting. Nice future the Vikings have at this defensive line. Even Everson Griffin getting a couple sacks much later in the game. A couple sacks later in the game. (laughs) Anthony Barr. Wow. Wow! I mean, you think I'm this homer coming in here getting all excited. (laughs) <laughs> telling you just just like oh yeah vikings this vikings that positivity positivity duckies and bunnies but a game like this there isn't really isn't all that much negativity to talk about other than the first half was boring as hell and the vikings were kind of a mess too the vikings and the rams looked like crap in, uh, early early in the game until things started to change for that touchdown after Blair Walsh made a couple of field goals, yeah, I mean, Josh Robinson was just in the right position. I mean, Mike Zimmer has these defense, Mike Zimmer, and of course George Edwards, the defensive coordinator, working together from their days in Cincinnati, now obviously they're running the Vikings defense big time. They have these players in the right position, and they have these players playing up to their potential, maybe even beyond it in some cases. I mean, Josh Robinson, absolutely the right place at the right time, able to take the ball away from Sean Hill, which would probably be, which would be about the end of his ha In fact, yeah, that would be the last pass he would make in this game. But not only was it, I mean he, he kept his feet in bounds the way he did too. I mean very beautiful. I mean you, you don't expect that out of Josh Robinson the <laughs> being in the right position and making a great catch and staying in bounds. and it was in a great spot too, because of, there was only 35 yards to go, which ultimately ended in a beautiful pass from Matt Castle to Greg Jennings in the end zone. And you know Castle and Jennings have good uh, chemistry. They had it all year last year when they actually got to play together. Very cool. Two veterans working together. Two guys in their 30s working together. It's a nice combination. I do think Greg Jennings leads the Vikings in receptions this year, but, prob- but probably not yards and touchdowns. <laughs> but receptions, yes. He's the Chris Carter. Patterson's the Moss. Oh, yeah. Patterson's the Moss. <laughs> But this Viking's defense just dominant all over the place, all over this game. Anthony Barr, several tackles along the way. Linval Joseph had five tackles. Gerald Hodges getting extensive time in this game, and he was a factor. a couple tackles per loss as well. Jasper Brinkley even looked good. Captain Munerlin early had a had a penalty, but later, hell yeah, you know, making one one nice stop after another. Uh, there was a play pretty early on where Bates of the Rams pretty much runs over Marcus Sherrill's and they say that the Viking player knocked Bates into Marcus Sherrill's on a kick on a punt return and then he's all jumping up and down all excited when, gosh, Sherrill's was like got his head on the ground like he'd had a concussion possibly and the guy's jumping up and down all excited that the penalties against us gee thanks, <laughs> gee thanks Bates good one So that was kind of a pain in the butt play (laughs) along the way. Just all kinds of things you can remember in this game that were good overall. But also show how the Rams are kind of a mess too. Mm. (sighs) The defense, the defense, the defense all over this game. What more can you say? Players in the right position. Guys getting the job done along the way, and of course the Rams offense being what it is. Take advantage of it. Yeah, if they suck, then take advantage of it. That doesn't mean the Vikings did anything wrong. That's good. Good job. Way to take advantage of a sucky situation on the other sideline. Take advantage of it, and the Vikings did just that. Good for them. Matt Castle, very solid. You never really got any type of vibe like he was going to throw this game away in any way, shape, or form. Didn't blow anyone's socks off, but sure the heck didn't uh, scare anybody either. Nice to see uh, Jarius Wright get a nice catch along the way as well. Only a couple, but uh, <laughs> but they were both nice. I mean, I, I appreciated it. Ellison had a really nice 22-yarder along the way, which kind of helped set up a dagger later on. This was just, uh, you know, this game, I mean... You, I almost kind of got bored along the way because it's like, I mean, it was plain as day the Vikings were going to win this one. Once Cordero Patterson ran for that 67-yarder, it was kind of like, yeah, I think we're probably going to win this. And ultimately, uh, Matt Castle's pass to Kyle Rudolph. That was the dagger along the way and making it 27-3. 20 to 3. The Rams couldn't really do anything there. That was late in the fourth quarter already. Halfway through... And then Austin Davis got had a pass intercepted by uh, Harrison Smith, who <laughs> went they went to pay dirt 81 yards. Unbelievable. Mm-mm-mm. Right when the Rams thought they were going to get something going. Finally, they were finally moving the ball down the field a little bit, because the Vikings were kind of probably chilling out a tiny tiny bit, knowing they probably have this game won for the most part. For the most part, and Harrison Smith takes it to the house 81 yards. Absolutely nuts. Absolutely awesome. Harrison Smith had a sack in this game. All over the place. knocking passes down. Pretty much a a leading candidate for the Fran Tarkington Award. But you notice this isn't necessarily going to be a detailed game review. This really isn't going to be. Because it was such a lopsided game. There isn't as much drama in this one to really talk about. That's needed for a overly detailed game review. <laughs> Overall, just the Vikings defense players were in position where they needed to be, and the offense did what they needed to do. <laughs> and it was creative as well. There was play action. There were slants. I mean, it, it was nice. So I, I like what I saw out there. All kinds of... <laughs> we yeah, I mean they were very creative having 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 Cordero Patterson run the ball as well in reverses I mean you really can't go wrong hitting players out in the flat obviously you know Kyle Rudolph for that touchdown overall I mean you come out of this game feeling good but at the same time your confidence is my confidence is guarded a little bit you got to lot tougher schedule coming up, so we're going to get to that very shortly. Let's pass out the awards before I get a little bit too long-winded on this one. Not really necessary to have a super long game review on this one, really. I mean, I need to get on with this. So, Fran Tarkinian Award is going to go to the defense in general. I mean, I almost might as well give it to Mike Zimmer, but then again, the players deserve some credit. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Barr, all over the place. Linval Joseph, all over the place. Harrison Smith, all over the place. Captain munnerlin very solid. Even Chad Greenway with a sack. I mean, it's just, sheesh. <laughs> Cedric, er, Cedric, Everson Griffin with two sacks later in the game to kind of run things down along the way. Pfft. I mean, yeah, this defense looks good. Hopefully we can carry it into the next game against the New England Patriots. If you can get to Tom Brady, you can get to just about anybody. That would be pretty awesome, even though he's not. I mean, yeah, he's not fast, but I'm just saying. You know, the, he's got a quick release. He, he gets rid of the ball pretty quickly. The guy knows what he's doing. Just just, just a little bit. So, if you can attack that team, my goodness. Hmm. I mean, you got to think. I mean, the New, yeah, the New England Patriots, when have they not had an at least decent offensive line as well? So, that will be a nice test. Friend targeting award there. And the We'll call it the Christian Ponder. I'm going to kind of wait, though, until he's off the team, just to be fair. Just to be fair, Tavares Jackson Memorial goes to Matt Khalil. Multiple uh, false starts. Looked a little bit like a mess out there. Uh, Early on when the Vikings were struggling, Matt Khalil was all over it. Matt Castle was getting pressured a bit there, and Matt Khalil was getting beat, and, of course, he was getting... The false starts, kind of like another Todd Stusey like people were saying. The other number 73 back in the day who constantly would get false starts, yet he still had a pretty good career getting to multiple Pro Bowls for the Vikings and the Carolina Panthers years later. But, uh, man, I'm not sure what's going on with Matt Kaliel. I'm quite concerned. Definite confidence issues with him. It's weird. People are wondering what is going on with this guy, and he needs to basically get his ass in gear sooner rather than later because he was a pro bowler as a rookie and struggled as a sophomore and as a junior. My goodness, off to a really bad start. But, hey, we, we've seen it before where a guy starts really, really bad, like the first game or two, and then, boom, next thing you know, he's one of the best one of the best at, at his position in the league. So we'll see. Got to hope for the best here with uh, Matt Khalil. But Tavares Jackson for week number one goes to him. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, but first, I'm going to apologize if it seemed like the game review was kind of more bouncing around rather than like in chronological order, but that's just how a, a game like this it's not going to be the prettiest game review because it's kind of, it was kind of a messy game if you if you hadn't noticed if you hadn't noticed it was a very messy game, so just letting you know why things went as they did there so now we're going to get to a pretty well organized uh, preview of the New England Patriots right after this Hey, it's hot, it's humid, it's summertime. Nothing is more refreshing this time of year than Halcyon Weed Ale, brewed by Tallgrass from Manhattan, Kansas. Their 8-Bit Pale Ale is my personal favorite and the official beer of this podcast. There is nothing cooler than seeing Pac-Man licking his chops on this amazing can and even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Check out their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter, at TallgrassMN, and find them on Facebook. Simply search Tallgrass Minnesota. Bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices, for Android, download the Double Twist app, and for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. It's the preview segment, as in previewing week two. In this case, the New England Patriots come to TCF Bank Stadium. But before that, I want to mention: you heard the tall grass edges now, you know about the Halcyon uh, beer, and you know to tell it's. Probably, it's summertime and all that good stuff in the ad. Yeah, you're going to be hearing a fall ad very soon, featuring the zombie monkey, the robust porter that, that has been released from Tallgrass. So do keep an eye out for that. Uh, you'll notice it on the uh, the website, tallgrassbeer.com, what it looks like, so you'll know what it is when you see it in liquor stores. But uh, I figure, keep the Halcyon one, on, one more week, obviously, and hey, they're still in the stores and they're still very fresh for the next few months here, so... Still a very, very worthwhile beer to get uh, the Halcyon, but of course, (laughs) 8-Bit, yeah. (laughs) 8-Bit's my overall favorite, as you know. All right, New England Patriots come to TCF Bank Stadium with an 0-1-1 record. An 0-1-1 record, and who did they lose to? The Miami Dolphins. Yeah.
2: Oh my (laughs) god!
1: They lost to the Miami Dolphins. I know all of you were laughing when I uh, said the Miami Dolphins were going to make the playoffs. I could hear you laughing. And I'm not happy about it. Okay, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I know you were laughing. The Miami Dolphins make the, the final seed in the uh the AFC. That doesn't look so bad right now. At least after one week. At least after one week, the Miami Dolphins uh look awfully strong. A thirty three to twenty victory over the New England Patriots. And by the way, don't think I forgot about the old NFC North roundup, which I'm gonna do again. Yeah, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it again, even though it's uh even though maybe some of you like it, some of you don't, but uh, I think it's I, I think it's a worthwhile thing, especially if the Vikings are doing well. You want to know how everyone else in the division is doing, and it just adds more interest to the show and maybe builds rivalries and friendly rivalries with other listeners and such that may not be Viking fans but still are willing to listen to this show, and I do appreciate you very much if that is the case. But yeah, the uh, Patriots 33-20 to 20 in Miami. Like, what happened here? Jeez, they gave up twenty-three points in the second half. Patriots led twenty to ten at the half. Like, figure, okay, cool. New England Patriots, you know they're 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 going to win the NFC. They're going to win the AFC this year. You know they look strong and they're doing good on the road against a team that finished eight and eight last year. A team that I think could very easily be nine and seven, ten and six, especially after this one. Who knows now? But um, hmm. What what happened here? Jeez, man. That's a pretty bad loss for the uh, New England Patriots. That's a pretty big turnaround. I mean, uh, geez, uh, gosh, twenty-three to zero in the second half. Twenty-three to zero. Giving up multiple field goals. giving up three field goals and two touchdowns. Jeez, I mean that's a that's a lot of offense to give up. Tom Brady didn't. Tom Brady didn't have an interception, but wasn't all too special either. wasn't getting anywhere against the the uh, improving, the ever improving Miami defense. Mm. So I mean, what what, what do you think is going to happen here? Fifty six attempts by Brady, obviously playing from behind later in the game. There, no, not much of a running game, and they only. But then again, they were behind, like I already said. Boy, it's a it's a New England team that they have, they do have to overcome losses. They've lost a lot of players over the years. Could this be another victory for the Vikings next week? Boy, it's going to be very interesting when you when you think about it. Uh, Gronkowski still there, obviously in New England. He got the he got the only touchdown reception from Tom Brady in this game. Other than that, the, the Patriots well they, they ran the game uh, they ran the ball in Vereen in the uh, first half. Of course, he only got thirty six yards in the whole game and only seven attempts, but did score a touchdown in the first half. But it's like, who are these guys? You know what I mean. <laughs> Outside of Tom Brady and Gronkowski, it's kind of like, who are these guys? You're kind of left at a, You're kind of left in that question. Like, who do they have? Well, the Miami Dolphins, at least, have Ryan Tannehill, No. Moreno, Mike Wallace. Those, are, those are, That's a pretty good trio. And I I do think they're going to make the playoffs. Like I said earlier, No. Sean Moreno running for 134 yards and a touchdown on the Patriots. Ryan Tannehill had an interception in the game, but still solid. Not the best game you'll ever see. Not the most accurate, 18 of 32, but still, hey, not bad. Mike Wallace, 81 yards in the game, receiving. The Dolphins got the job done against this New England team. So what are they going to do in uh, TCF next week? I'm kind of at a loss. Uh, I, I don't know what to expect here. I know the Patriots are better than this, and I gotta think that they are gonna play better in TCF Bank Stadium. But, geez, I'm <laughs> I'm feeling good about the Vikings right now, and not impressed with the Patriots so far. A big key for the New England Patriots going into this game is their defense. Uh, they do have Daryl Rivas, who did play in this game, and their pass defense did uh, make. Ryan Tannehill struggle a little bit out there. His accuracy not so hot, and he did have an interception in the game. And yeah, I mean, Daryl Revis only had one tackle in the game. He wasn't thrown too very much. So that's encouraging for the for the Patriots. On the offensive side, Tom Brady doesn't have a whole lot to throw the ball to. I mean, you look at guys like Slater, seven seven years in the league, he's been with the Patriots his whole career, has one catch. One catch in seven years. Uh, Tompkins, LaFell, LaFell was okay with Carolina. He was added to the Patriots this year. Tom Kings hasn't really done all that much. It's really uh, Edelman, who had over 1,000 yards last year with the Patriots, but only like how many touchdowns? Only uh, six last year. Barely over 1,000 yards, but had 105 receptions. So definitely a possession receiver. Led the Patriots with 95 yards, six catches in this particular game against Miami as well. So... He's really the only, I mean, he's the number one receiving threat for the New England Patriots, and you don't really hear about Edelman all that much, do you? I mean, he he was all right, Julian Edelman, and of course Gronkowski, who, well, went healthy. Sure, a couple years ago, he was pretty damn good back in 2011, but year in, year out, he's had injury problems, and his production declines year after year. 2011, he had that huge year, 16 Played all 16 games, started all 16 games, seven t- 17 touchdowns, 1,300 yards, and then it, every year is a bigger decline, more and more injured. 11 games in 2012, 6 games, 7 games in 2013. Last year, didn't even get 600 yards, but, well, at least he was healthy and got a touchdown in this one, so watch him probably score a touchdown against the Vikings <laughs> next week if he doesn't get hurt somehow in practice sometime along the way. He's another one of those guys who parties more than he practices, so great, good, good, you know, I mean, one of those guys who could have been a superstar, who just, uh, I guess isn't, can't imagine Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are too happy about that, yet he's still on the team, and the former, uh, the other guy who was supposed to be a superstar tight end, well, yeah, he's, uh, not available right now, because he's behind bars, uh-huh, so with all that said, the New England Patriots, It's all about the coaching, obviously. It's all about the coaching, and they do make some wise moves along the way. Uh, Verdeen is the starting running back. I admittedly know hardly anything about the guy. Barely, you know, he's been a reserve his whole career. This was his, uh, he didn't even start in the game, actually. He's not really a starter, he just was the leading rusher in this game. He's never broken 200, well he's broke, he broke 251 yards in his first uh, season along the way. Outside of that, I mean, there really isn't much of a running game. It's kind of like a running back by committee right now in New England. I mean, Bolden, he's done not done anything. Uh, so it's kind of similar in terms of not much of an offensive threat from the Patriots. It is more of a defensive thing, again. And Bill Belichick, in all honesty, has always been a defensive coach. Anyway, it's just that Tom Brady happens to be the quarterback, not Sean Hill, not... Uh, uh, Davis, who, who nobody's heard of, the third string, the third string, <laughs> the third string uh, quarterback in St. Louis, who's now the second stringer. Man, I mean, you look at this running game; it's kind of scary. Uh, Ridley has been good in the past, but unfortunately, he missed a lot of time last year and lost some, uh, lost his starting job as well. But yeah, he had a great season in twenty twelve, but boy, I mean, Stephen Ridley, but uh, outside of that, it's just, you don't really think much about the New England running game, and really, they really haven't really had much of a running game anyway, outside of Lawrence Maroney, the former Gopher, for a while there, before he was injured like every doggone year, that was a lot of fun, and the rookie, uh, James White hasn't seen any, any action yet in, in regular, in, in in on Sundays, so... That's all a wait and see. I mean, that's kind of typical New England when you think about it. Not much of a running game, though, of course, when the Vikings play them, they tend to run all over us like Woodhead years ago. And all of a sudden, he ended up being a pretty good player years later on future in future rosters. So go figure. It's going to be one of those games where if the Patriots win, it'll be just because they're just so doggone, like, smart. They're so doggone smart like a Tom Brady and the Vikings will just get outcoached if they lose this game in TCF. But right now, it's almost like, geez, the Patriots are so un- undermanned. It's almost like you wonder, I, is their defense going to be good enough to, to fl- fluster Matt Castle like like it did Tannehill a bit, a little bit? Or are the Vikings going to score on the New England Patriots like the Miami Dolphins did? And if they do, well, the Minnesota Vikings are going to be 2-0. Oh. Am I ready to do that? pick the Vikings to be 2 and 0. against guess the New England Patriots team that I got to think is going to be really ready to even up their record in a quick hurry here because they weren't expecting to lose in Miami. Starting out your season in Miami and Minnesota can't be the easiest start to the year, but they're the Patriots, so they're not going to get an easy schedule. Like nobody's going to reward them for anything because uh, you know, they won a lot of they've been to the NFC title or AFC title game what 3 years in a row and the Super Bowl and all that good stuff. Um this game is going to be kind of tough to predict. But it's like, i got to do it, don't I? <laughs> do I come on, on a limb and predict a victory for the Minnesota Vikings over the New England Patriots? Right now, as good as, as Mike Zimmer looks, as good as Matt Castle, Cordero Patterson, and the defense in general, I mean, just one player after another looked, I can't. (laughs) I can't pick the Vikings to win because they've never beaten Tom Brady. The Vikings have never beaten Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Ever. Ever. So I can't. I'm sorry, guys. I can't do it. And I think the Patriots come back with a vengeance. I think it's just the kind of game where the Patriots are going to come up with this and that. You know what I mean? They're going to come up with something. Certain, a certain player that we're all going to be like, who the hell is that, is going to emerge. And that's the typical Patriots, especially against the Vikings, but against just about anybody else too. Who the hell is this guy who, who's, who has 150 yards in his career, has 150 yards in this game? <laughs> like a Slater. Just watch. Just watch Slater or watch Edelman be that guy out of Kent State, of course. Oh, Kent State, whatever. Maybe LaFell has a, has a big game. The former Carolina Panther. Maybe one of these running backs runs all over Minnesota. No, I think the Vikings are more likely to be beat by the pass. Even though Harrison Smith has been good, I think the Vikings' cornerbacks are still the weakness. And I think the Patriots figure that out. I think they target Josh Robinson in this game. Uh, you know, in the slot or not? Not the slot receiver. No, no, he's not going to be a slot. Or slot uh, corner. No, that'll be Munderland. But yeah, I think they, they target uh, Josh Robinson in this game. I think Brady smells blood and is going to go after Josh Robinson. And I don't think he's going to have the, uh, the the luck and the fortunes and the good positioning that he did against the St. Louis Rams. Yes, Mike Zimmer is a great coach, but... Or a great coach. Has a potential to be a great coach. He's a great defensive mind. Yes. I shouldn't say great coach. It's one freaking game. But um, forgive me for that a little bit there. But yeah, and Gronkowski... Of course, you know, I can see Gronkowski beating Chad Greenway and and the like as well, especially Greenway. And I think they're going to throw Gronkowski at him. But I also think Tom Brady in general is going to target a Josh Robinson in this game and is going to, I think the Patriots are going to pull off a fairly close game. I don't want the Vikings to lose this game, but I, I mean, get back to me when the Vikings beat the Patriots. And if they do, great. This is one of those games. I hope I'm wrong, but the Vikings never beat the Patriots. Like I said, they're going to come up with somebody that we've probably never heard of, or some of the some some of you out there have heard of them. That follow the Patriots really closely, or that are just like a, a football freak. They know every single player and every single team super duper well. <laughs> I mean, I'm here to talk about the Vikings. I follow the league pretty closely, and I like the Patriots, but there's a lot of guys on this particular team that no one's really heard of. And it's okay to say that. It doesn't make you a bad football fan, an ignorant football fan, or a stupid or whatever the heck you are, a unprepared football fan. Most of these guys no one's heard of, man. Just like they're, they're like the San Antonio Spurs of of uh, of uh, football, like George Hill. Who the hell was that? Remember that? And then he ended up being a solid, okay player. Went on to play for the Indiana, Indiana Pacers years later. It's like that. I was like, who the hell is George Hill? He ended up being all right. Stephen Jackson. Who the hell is that? He ended up having a nice career on other teams, and then coming back to the Spurs and all that good stuff. Guys like that, they emerge. And that's what the Patriots do as well. Like, who the hell's Randy Moss? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, it's like sometimes they'd make a splash with a big name and then they'd really blow up. You know, even Corey Dillon helped the the uh, Patriots win a Super Bowl, th- their, their, uh, their uh, third Super Bowl championship. Corey Dillon helped them win that one. So, yeah, they make a move like that. But the, this team, they there's a lot of uh, Frankenstein-type projects, and I think they're going to come up with something in this one. They're the Patriots are going to start the season zero two, are they? You really think they are? I don't think so. I think the Patriots take a. Uh, I think they. I think their defense is going to is going to stifle us a little bit in this one. I think they're a lot smarter than the St. Louis Rams. They're a lot more. They're a lot more experienced than. As good a coach as Jeff Fisher is, I think Bill Belichick has a better handle on the New England Patriots than Fisher currently has on the St. Louis Rams. So I think the Patriots score 20, 24, and the Vikings seventeen. It's gonna be one of those. Yeah, you know, you know, we're gonna see some scoring. We're gonna see some uh we're gonna see some we're gonna see some good plays, we're gonna see some bad plays, we're gonna see turnovers, I think, in this game. On both sides of the ball, I think. I think Brady might even get an interception in this one meaning when I, when I say that but I do think you're going to see uh I do think you're going to see the Vikings turn the ball over in this game unfortunately. I mean the Patriots are really good at that. There's going to be multiple turnovers in this game. One and one of these teams is going to get multiple turnovers and whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win this football game in my opinion. It's going to come down to a lot of that and of course just making the big play at the right time. That's kind of football 101 right there. And the Patriots are better at that right now than this Minnesota Viking team at this very time. So 24-17, Patriots outclutch the Vikings and of course uh get some turnovers along the way, in my humble opinion. So that's where I'm headed right now. Patriots defense, I think, is the difference in this game, along with the clutch ability of Tom Brady. So that's ultimately why I see the Patriots wing. And, of course, the fact that the Vikings have never, ever defeated Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, um, you know, together. It's it's never happened. So, going to leave that as is. I'm sorry to say that. I don't like it either. Even though I like the Patriots, I want the Vikings to win this game. But they won't, in my opinion. So, with that, we're going to take a break. And you're going to hear two calls. First from Brent Jacobson and second from Sebastian Balls. So, here we go. The phone call hall of fame <laughs> and then onto the facebook and twitter accounts where we will have some real cool comments from those of you out there right after this
0: do you shop on amazon did you know that you could support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank
1: you in advance for supporting thesportsstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show.
2: We are going
1: Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. Yeah,
2: this message is for Joey. Wow. When do we ever have a defense? Dang, man. And this is going to be a fun... Fun, fun season. If we can. Maybe I'm being a bit cautious here, but man, if we can knock Tom Brady in the Patriots' car like we did the Rams. Dang. Super Bowl homeboy? Okay, maybe I'm getting that cart way ahead of the horse here, but. Anyways. Dang, this team looked great today. I know. It was Sean Hill and Austin Davis. Who? Anyways, Skull Vikings. What a fun game today was. Skull Vikings. Keep it up. to work. And get to later. Bye.
1: And I thank you for that call, Brent. Let me jump in here between the two calls. I think it's better if I split them up. So let's do Brent first and then uh, Sebastian second. Yeah, very, very excited, aren't you, Brent? And uh, I am too, to a point. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm encouraged by this game in a big way. And yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting to see Vikings defense actually look good after the garbage we've put up with the past few years. Sure, in 2012, the Vikings defense was all right. It was kind of a stay-at-home defense that that knocked people around a little bit, but still was capable of being beat and certainly didn't look uh, nearly as good as this particular defense, didn't look as well coached as this particular defense, so I don't blame you for the optimism, but as you said later in the, (laughs) later in the call that, yeah, it was Tavon Austin, who we're going to hear some conversation about him a bit here in the Facebook page, but yeah, who really isn't all that much to brag about, is he? I mean, the Rams blew it by not taking Cordell Patterson, and I kind of sort of knew it at the time, I kind of did, man. I was that uh, you know, Cordero Patterson was the number one receiver in that draft and in my opinion, and uh that's why I wanted him on the Vikings so bad and we ended up getting him. Crazy. Crazy how he did and wonderful how things can actually go your way sometimes. Uh knocking around Tom Brady, you say? Well, if the Vikings do knock around Tom Brady and they get to him a decent amount in T C F Bank Stadium, sure they have a chance to win. But the Vikings never knock around Tom Brady. He knocks us around, if you know what I mean. He carves us up every single time he plays the Minnesota Vikings. And until that changes, I can't pick the Vikings to win. Oh, God, I'd love that. And if they do, if the Vikings do beat the New England Patriots, well, we're one step closer to having a successful season. A great season? Not ready for that just yet, but a better-than-expected season? Yes. The Vikings beat the Patriots officially, the 8-8 eight eight record that I predicted becomes 9-7 and seven and beyond, and beyond, if the Vikings continue to win games we didn't expect, like the New Orleans Saints. So there you go. There you go. Great, 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 great call, Brent. Sebastian, Mr. Sebastian Balls, the floor is yours.
0: And here we go. The Minnesota Vikings have their first road win in a couple of years. It's under the new head coach, Mike Zimmer, with the offensive coordinator, Norv Turner. I was pissed in the beginning of the game about what they are doing offensively. Third and 15 runs. Could not stand it. Finally got some things tweaked around. I love the Cordero Patterson. Uh, end rounds, absolutely brilliant. Amazing defense. Uh, exactly what we want to see from Zimmer. Overall, a fantastic game. An ass-kicking, one that, you know, I didn't think we were going to score that many points, but we did. Uh, It went pretty well. Now it's on to New England, back at home at the bank. So, or as I think the common man likes to call it, the vault. So, either way, we will be going home. And that will pretty much be that. All right. I will hopefully be on the show here within a week or two. And can't wait to be co-hosting again. All right. Have a good one. Bye.
1: And I thank you for that call, Sebastian. And, uh, yep, welcome back to the show. And, yeah, Sebastian will be on the next show. He will be actually at the, uh, New England Patriots game, Minnesota of Vikings and New England Patriots game, at the Vault, as the common man likes to call it. TZF Bank Stadium, to be, uh, exact. <laughs> yeah, third and five runs. And the best part was it was with Matt Asiata, not Adrian Peterson. It's like, Matt Asiata on third and 15, that's basically like, uh, um, yeah, we're uh, punting. We're punting. We're just going to give you an extra couple yards. That's basically what that was. So that, that kind of reeked of Brad Childress type offense right there. The, uh, the kick-ass offense. But things did definitely t- turn for the better, and the creativity started to come out. And, yes, the Cord- Cordero Patterson, those end runs. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, beautiful. And, of course, one of them went 67 yards with a, a bajillion missed tackles along the way. Cordero Patterson, a multi-threat of multi threats, Percy Harvin who, yeah, and that's not trying to be cocky, that's not trying to be homerish, guys. Seriously, Percy Harvin who, uh, the guy never could stay healthy. The guy never broke a thousand yards of any kind, except maybe kick returns here and there. Cordell Patterson is going to have a better career than Percy Harvin. I'm very confident in saying that. Very if he stays healthy, knock, 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 yeah, this is wood, so, yeah, <laughs> uh, fun, fun game, indeed, really hope the Vikings can pull that out, and great call, lots of energy out of Sebastian, I don't want you guys to think that I'm trying to make you rush and cram your calls in in, an, in a minute, I'm just saying, though, yeah, do keep it to a minute, though, yeah, keep, keep that going, I do appreciate that, but, I'm not trying to make you guys rush or anything so just just letting you know out there uh, other that if you might be wondering or thinking that oh my God it's only a minute I gotta hurry you know <laughs> just letting you guys know out there that maybe thinking that um, yeah do keep it as a minute and everything but don't feel pressure out there Sebastian gonna be an awesome co-host in the next show yeah and, and it's gonna be a fluent situation sometimes I want to be solo. Partially because of the scheduling and all that. It's it's tough. You know, the scheduling is tough. Sebastian's schedule is tough, too. Don't, don't think uh, I'm the only one with a tough schedule. You know, he works long, long uh, third shift shifts. You know, so uh, very long shifts, as, uh, by the way. And I have two jobs and all that good stuff. Yet I'm still very much able to uh, watch the games and get all the information I need and hopefully give you a high-quality show that's uh, ever-improving. Six years, seven years. This is the seventh season already in. My God. But uh ever improving, and that's what I'm all about. Improving. Tying up loose ends. Getting better. Just like the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, just like the Minnesota Vikings. Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Well, we'll get, let's get into the post-game thread right away. Oh, yeah, let's do that right away. I had it, and I lost it. Isn't that just great? I just love when I do that. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um... Actually, let's start where I said uh, the football, well, this was the in-game threat, and I had it, and I lost the actual post-game one. I kind of wanted to go in another direction anyway, so we'll do what we're going to do here. I usually like to start out actually talking about uh, seeing your guys' responses on the previous show. Only two comments, so that'll be quick and easy, which is nice. Actually, one comment, because, yeah, tickets American football. <clears throat> Mark Carlson, out of Iowa, says, So much to talk about. Great show, Paladino Joey. The much-anticipated season preview was very welcome. Too bad Dylan Richardson was not able to join you, or Sebastian Balls either. Still, the show was great, as always. I like to hear your opinions on players and the team, and really enjoy hearing other fan observations. Guess that's why I listen. I need to get a shout-out to a friend and fellow Viking. Carly Eliza Kunjay is just getting started. Or, excuse me, oh no, she's from Iowa. We talk Vikings every time we see each other, and the season is just getting started. I apologize for that. I want to encourage her to download, listen, and post her thoughts here. Skull, Carly, and thank you, Joey. The Rams are going down. Mark from Iowa, and boy, did they go down. And Shout out back to you, Carly. Yes. Hopefully you are listening and, uh, have uh, joined the page. I'm not sure if she has or has not yet, but uh, nice to meet you. And hope to hear from you in the future. That would be uh, terrific. Usually, yeah, see the in-game post, and that's that's on there to have conversations with you guys on there, and I'm going to try my best to do that. It seems like with this, this iPad that I was lucky enough to win at work, which I keep talking about, I'm <laughs> but no, it seems like I'm having an easier time with this now versus some of the laptops and stuff that I haven't been... Uh, that this, that are, you know, they're kind of old or the software's messed up, stuff like that. I seem to have an easier time on this to keep up during the game, kind of talk with you guys, but it's going to be sporadic, like I told Sebastian. Generally, I don't read the in game conversation on air. I prefer post game or pre game stuff like that uh, to be read on the show. Because if I just read everything, people are going to get bored and quit listening to the show. And that's not trying to be disrespectful. To anybody that is posting on here, this mostly is for me to interact live during the game on there. It makes it interesting, it makes it more fun. So I'm going to try to do that more and more on the Facebook page. But I will tend to come and go at times, just because, just because, <laughs> just because you know, trying to keep up with the game as best I can, rather than only just staring at the iPad the whole time, you know, because I'm going to miss stuff uh, that way. And when I miss stuff, I get people telling me saying, "Hey, moron!" or Get your facts straight or this or that. That's not fun. When you host a show, you don't want to hear stuff like that. <laughs> and, and and you know what? People have every right to tell you that, though, if you do screw up. So, unfortunately, that's just how it goes. Yeah, that's just how it goes. So the postgame thread, only six comments because I should have probably opened this up a little bit sooner than I did. So I do apologize. But still, uh, lots of nice comments uh, in here. And I will be getting to Twitter as well. Told you how to get there at Purple Mafia show in the jingle earlier. Matthew Kyle out of Maine saying, Although uh, depleted Rams offense isn't much of a conquest, and the defense looked incredible. We hit hard, got to the QB, forced turnovers, and allowed minimal high yardage plays. Yeah, I mean, the Rams couldn't do jack you-know-what against the Vikings. And that's good. And we attacked the quarterback, made him frustrated, made him feel helpless. That's good. Very good. That's very encouraging. Uh, so, yeah, it's not even about the, wills. the purple people eaters are back. It's that they got the job done. Plain and simple, they got the job done. With Car- Carl O'Neill later, we're going to hear about that. <laughs> I do wrap up this uh, thing here at the bottom. Brent Jacobson, though, saying, so that's what a defense looks like. I hadn't seen a purple defense look that good since the days of Chris Dolman, Keith Millar, John Randall, and Al Noga. Man, Al Noga, that brings back some good old memories, man, back in the good old 92. Ah, that was a good defense, wasn't it? Good old 92. Mm-mm. I liked El Noga, man. He, he was good. Very good. Very underrated. Keith Millard was really good, too. And Chris Dolman, man. I don't think we're there yet. But uh, maybe, I mean, maybe we're just not there yet. Let's uh, sustain it a little longer. And if they do, if they play well against the Patriots, if they kick the Saints' butt, oh, my God, wouldn't that be cool? Let's let's beat up those Saints without, without cheating, without being bounty hunters. Wouldn't that be nice? So, yeah, if the Vikings can keep this going, sure. Okay, but eh, not yet. Not not yet. Uh, Dave Hickey saying, also out of Iowa, of course. Brent from Lakeville, Minnesota. But Dave Hickey out of Iowa saying, awesome. You can't ask for much more than that. Loving that Vikings defense. Thanks to Coach Zimmer. And Patterson is a straight-up stud skull. Vikings! Brett McCarthy, Brett McCarthy, not sorry about that. Brett McCarthy saying all around both sides of the ball. I liked what I saw. Hats off to the coaching staff, Malcolm. Out of California saying, "When the last, <laughs> when's the last time you could relax in the fourth quarter of a Viking game? That was nice. Yeah, it, it, it's been a while. Uh, it's been a while, a long while. I mean, at least 2012, if not 2009. <laughs> it's been a while." Two thousand nine, there was a Rams game. Or it was was it forty one to seven? I pretty much fell asleep watching that game. It was like that. Yeah, I kind of did actually in the in the fourth quarter. I actually fell asleep, and I had to kind of rewatch it. So, yeah, forty one to seven when the, there really wasn't anything going on. I fell asleep. I didn't try to, but that was two thousand nine. So, yeah, I still I still put together a pretty good show because I rewatched when I needed to, and there wasn't all that much to see. So, oh well. Carl O'Neill, always stirring the pot, aren't you? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I like that he posts on here. This is great. You know, he's this is a good point. Yeah. He says, um, please temper your enthusiasm on the D. Yes, they look good, but who are they facing? A terrible O-line, a mediocre backup quarterback, and zero wide receivers. Devon is overrated. The next five weeks will tell the story of how good this defense will be. Absolutely, Carl. Absolutely. That's a that's definitely a star worthy comment right there. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to get one of the stars. Yeah, he's and, and he's not trying to tell everybody. Oh yeah, you guys are stupid. Your defense. No, it's you know it's because uh, let's uh, you know this 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 Rams team was uh, this was a whole lot of nothing. But like to the point though, I was saying earlier. It's not even like the defense was spectacular or spectacular because they shut down the Rams. It's the fact that they did get the job done though and they didn't get beat by the Rams. That's a good sign. And and it's encouraging. So that that's a way to look at it in, in a sense, like I was talking about on the last show, that I was saying the Vikings defense was gonna look probably better than it, than it maybe it is. It's gonna make look make Mike Zimmer look really good because they're really bad. <laughs> and so far Mike Zimmer's defense has looked really good. So there are encouraging signs along the way. Uh, it's encouraging, and it could build to something. And as Carl says very well here, the next five weeks will tell the story of how good the defense will be. This defense will be if they kick the Patriots' butts and fluster the Saints. Okay, wow, <laughs> wow. Let's let's get there when we do, because this schedule is going to suck. But hey, I'm. The fortunate part is we did get to start the schedule against a. It's kind of like going to Triple A, maybe, or even Double A, if you're a baseball player. So maybe get that batting average going again and come back and play good against the tougher uh, against the big leaguers. So we'll see where things go there. Uh, There are other posts, and I do gotta. I I do want to make sure I I grab them here quick. Let's see if they're in here because I know. uh, Ha! Wow. There's always a lot of stuff. I know Dave, yep, there's Dave Hickey. Brent Jacobson, lots of stuff all over the place. Sebastian, man, you guys post a lot of stuff on here, don't you? Uh, This one was kind of funny. Uh, Sebastian posting a picture saying, the moment you realize Matt Schaub took David Cobb's starting job in Houston, and then Derek Carr takes (laughs) Schaub's starting job in Oakland. So it's kind of like a back and forth, kind of came full circle from another brother. Kind of funny, yeah, shop, really not good in Oakland, and that's kind of a mess. Uh, Brent and Sebastian met on Tuesday, a, uh, <laughs> I believe it was Buffalo Wild Wings. They were hoping I was going to be able to come, but unfortunately, I, I work second shift, so and I wasn't able to take the day off, so just letting them know, Sebastian's saying, I want to meet the elusive and infamous Paladino Joey, though I just hope it isn't uh, like meeting Don Corleone and the Godfather where all I get where, where I get that kiss of death no it wouldn't quite be that way <laughs> That's kind of a friendly conversation right there back and forth. Sebastian and Brent kind of t- teasing each other a little bit um, Brent Jacobson was wondering if anybody wanted to get in a Pick'em challenge for a survival Bowl um, a survivor Bowl Tell me more about what that's about uh, Brent and I should have posted in there and I'm really sorry nobody responded to him so apologize for that uh, Brent. Let us know what you meant exactly because for some reason I'm kind of blanking on, on what that's about. Um, yeah, Bren was talking about his fantasy league. Dave Hickey saying, I watched the last preseason game on Wednesday night. My observation is we left a lot of points on the field. The reason ponders short little dump-offs move the ball between the 20s and end up with three points or nothing. Teddy looked good again which is good for the team, still making good connections with Reisner and Thielen. I commented to Sebastian, what more does Reisner need to do to make the team? Which he didn't. They keep Ford on the practice squad, and I don't remember him doing anything. Reisner made at least three touchdown grabs and many other catches. Then they signed Gray, as in yeah, Marquise Gray. Are you kidding me? Please, at tight end, he was a quarterback in college. (laughs) Or a receiver, not a tight end. I hope Norv's have seen something at Cleveland because he hasn't done squat in the NFL or college, for that matter. Yes, I'm a hockey homer, but Reisner was productive. And I'm with you, Joey, on Banyard. He looks good. Anyways, another great show, Joey. Just keep knocking them out of the park. and Thank you very much, Dave. Very, very cool. Very awesome things to say there. And uh, lots of good points, too. And yeah, it's kind of rehashing a little bit what we were saying on that show... Helen Reisner, yeah, I, I I think he would have been a factor in, in, on Sundays, and it's kind of a shame to see him go. We didn't really see much of Marquise Gray though. He's, uh, I'm guessing he's going to be on special teams a bit and uh, and such as things continue. Mark Carlson saying exciting for the NFL season to start tonight. This was back on Thursday. He so just got home from work, turned on the TV on the in the kitchen, and before I can get my boots off, Dion's ears start flapping. Oh, the game doesn't start for another hour and a half. It's going to be a long season. <laughs> yeah, he does not like Deion Sanders, does he? And, yeah, I didn't really like him when he was a player. No. <laughs> More, oh, yeah, that's stupid. Seattle and Green Bay game, yeah, that that came. Yeah, I'll get back. I, I'm I'm going to comment about that in a second because it's very important. And of course, I didn't even, yeah, do the uh, NFC North preview uh, roundup because, yeah, because I'm bad. Uh, I'll probably do a very brief checkup on that right now. But uh, lots of smoke in Seattle. Green Bay goes down, wreckage all over, mostly Green Bay, and I like it. Lee Hepner saying Seattle seems to be the defense to go all the way. I haven't seen. But lots of talk. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to briefly talk about that. Uh, Green Bay looked terrible. Seattle looks uh, a lot better than I may have expected. I thought, well, they got the Super Bowl championship. Maybe they'll have a slightly not as hungry type of season, we'll say. I figure they're still a great team and everything, but not quite as hungry. And I have been bashing them. I called them my second, I basically called them and Green Bay my two least favorite teams in football. I don't know. I still hate Dallas and Atlanta probably even more than Seattle. Yeah, because I I still remember being furious when Atlanta beat Seattle a couple years ago in the second round because I just hate Atlanta. Just hate them. I don't know if I'll ever let go of that. And, of course, the New Orleans Saints I hate, and the Dallas Cowboys I hate as well, like permanently. (laughs) So, sorry to Paul Caniff out there and others from Seattle. And no, I still do hate the Seahawks, but not as much. So we'll say that. I don't hate them as much as Dallas and Atlanta. I it's mostly because I don't like I mean I mean I don't like Richard Sherman and I don't know, I don't like the way the fan base acts like Seattle's been like in the Super Bowl every year for the last 20 years. And, and and all that it's really annoying actually cuz Seattle really sucked just a couple years ago so like I think they need to temper their enthusiasm a little bit as well even though they did win a Super Bowl championship don't act like you've won like 20 of them or whatever i mean come on now calm down a little bit guys uh, out there uh, i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna get back to the facebook page here in a second i do want to look more at the nfc <laughs> at the nfc north roundup a little bit here because I'm a bad guy. I'm going to keep it really, really brief. The Bears lost to the Bills today at home, 23-20. to 20. That is not good. That is not good. And I figured I would keep it brief this time around because this show has been kind of long. And, of course, the Lions and Giants haven't even played yet, which is kind of frustrating. I kind of think the Lions are going to win that one because the Giants aren't playing very well. The Lions are at home. Uh, the Giants have been a dysfunctional mess. The Lions are starting off with a new coach, and they have a, they have a lot of weapons on offense. I kind of have a sneaky feeling the Lions win that one, but that doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs or anything. It'll just be one of their six or seven wins this season, maybe eight wins. Uh, Chicago, though, very disappointing. Losing at home to the Buffalo Bills, that's not good. Just like how the Minnesota Vikings winning in St. Louis is a good thing. You have to win that game. It is a tone setter for the season regardless of if the opponent is really good or really bad. Losing at home to the Buffalo Bills is unacceptable by the Chicago Bears. Unacceptable. And as for the Green Bay game, it's just kind of like whatever. They got demolished beyond human recognition, and Richard Sherman never had the ball thrown to him. Never. That's not good. That shows the Packers are scared of him. Uh, 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 The best quarterback in football is scared of Richard Sherman. That's not a good sign for the Green Bay Packers either, actually. And um, boy, that shows the Seattle Seahawks are probably going to at least get back to the NFC Championship game and probably not Green Bay. Probably not. So it might be Seattle-San Francisco again because the 49ers look good beating up the Cowboys today, which that's great to know. But back to the stupid Bears. What the hell? Boy, not a good game, man. Not a good game by the Chicago Bears. You lose at home to the Buffalo Bills. I I I I just can't believe it. And I'm sorry that I'm kind of jumping around into this one, but just saying. Uh, Cutler threw the ball quite a few times in this one, almost 50 times. Completed a lot of passes, but had some interceptions down the stretch, and the Bears just uh, kind of choked this one away. Uh, not good. Not good. At home, I, I just can't believe they choked this one away at home. I'm kind of miffed. They uh, just didn't get it done. They, they were able to tie the game up at the end with 35 seconds left. Good on them. <laughs> but then they couldn't stop the uh, Buffalo Bills in overtime. I'm just like... Hmm. It's kind of like, who do the Buffalo Bills have? E.J. Manuel. Hmm. Oh, goody. Fred Jackson? Oh, He's alright. Outside of that, who do the Buffalo Bills really have? I mean, Chicago? All these people talking about them going to the Super Bowl this year? or if NFC title game even, uh, I, I I, don't know, it doesn't look too hot for me so we're going to get back off the NFC North and try to wrap this thing up here, we're almost at the end of the Facebook interaction, we still got to check Twitter really quickly uh, Tony Coleman saying, yep, what do you think about that whole Adrian Peterson saying he's going to get a touchdown on the first carry, so yep, <laughs> that was pretty crazy posted the article on there, really appreciate that Sebastian saying the sea bleeps versus Green Bay <laughs> clovers, I'll just call them, instead of what he said, just because uh, <laughs> who will win? That was kind of a in back and forth conversation. We're going to kind of leave that alone now, and now some in-game conversation. We'll leave that alone again. On to Twitter. We're going to hear from Dave Martin again. Yeah, the uh, the Twitter Hall of Fame. The Pro Mafia Twitter Hall of Fame. Dave Martin, out of Scotland got it like that a couple times here. He was saying, um, he was saying, uh, good last podcast, and I agree, this game should tell us a lot if RD cannot stop the Rams. Could be a long season. He continues saying, I see the so called experts are saying 4 and 12, the season not started yet, so I say 8 and 8 or better, and a playoff season. So, you think the Vikings are going to make the playoffs? Hmm, and yeah, they still, they might. If they beat the Patriots, I think the chances are improving in a quick hurry. Um, Dave Martin was saying, of course, three hours from now, I might be thinking something else. Looking forward to seeing this Enora offense in action, and boy, it was fun to watch indeed. Dave posting some more. These are kind of... He's saying, "Who needs Percy Harvin? The defense looking good. See, some of this is in game too, just like that." But uh, he was saying, "With Captain Cool coming in town, we shall see if we have a legit D next Sunday." I cannot wait to see, and that's the whole point, right there. We shall see if we have a legit D next Sunday, and that's very, very true, Tom. With a at one post that I don't want to miss here for you out there. He was saying, um, thanks for the mention on the show. We haven't spoken before. I saw the Vikings play at Wembley last year and have listened ever since. Oh, very cool. So that was the Steelers game last year. So Tom, I believe, is from England. Very cool. He was saying it looks great because I posted his uh, fan art up there. I actually used that on the com, so you can see what that looks like. I enjoy the game Sunday. So there you go. So let's get to the Stars. Gold star is going to go to Carl O'Neill. He's going to get his first gold star.
2: <music>
1: Carl O'Neill, gold star to this one. Silver star is going to go to Tom. Yeah, for that awesome like art he posted. <laughs> Tom's going to get the uh, Tom's going to get the the silver star on Twitter. Tom out of out of England, and the bronze star. It's going to go to Dave Martin. So, yeah, I kind of went to Twitter this time around. (laughs) Great because they're such great posts. And sometimes it seems like I kind of, I tweet a lot during the game. And then I don't even, and it seems like I almost disregard it when I get on the show. And I feel so bad about that. And these takes are always so good. You know these guys deserve some recognition, absolutely, on this show. Uh, Dave Martin and Tom, and of course, that picture definitely was worthy of a star, and I should have given it to him last week, but I'll give it to him this week. So, (laughs) silver star for Tom, bronze star for Dave Martin out of Scotland. So, thank you very much, guys. Thank you, everybody, for your wonderful posts, and if you don't get a star, don't think I'm discounting you out there, all of you, on Facebook and Twitter. It's just, you know, there's only three stars for each show, and you know, you're probably going to get some stars because you know, as long as you keep posting and you have good things to say, why not, you know? <laughs> and Sometimes, and, and you know, and you probably can't get a star every single week, so just letting you know some of you guys have so many stars, you have nowhere else to put them, you know, in your trophy case. So, <laughs> your imaginary trophy case. So, thanks again everybody for listening. Minnesota does not beat the Patriots, in my opinion. but who's to say. Who's to say? Because if I'm wrong, great. Sometimes it's good to be wrong. Being wrong is wonderful when it's a positive thing. But until the Vikings can beat Tom Brady, <laughs> until the Vikings beat Tom Brady, I ain't picking them to win because they have not done it yet. With that, we'll be back next week. Go get them Vikings. Go get them Zimmer defense. We shall see what happens.